Today we are going to start discussing the laws of tsaras. What is tsaras? It is often, usually, mistranslated as leprosy. That is the English translation for tsaras is leprosy. A person who is afflicted with tsaras is called a leper, but that is not a correct uh, translation at all. Tsaras is a spiritual skin condition that is caused as a result of a person having committed different sins. But the point is that it's not leprosy. Uh, in fact, as the commentary explained, leprosy is a condition on the skin where the skin gets darker, it gets swollen, sorry, and the skin gets darker. As we're going to discuss in just one minute, tsaras is where the skin actually gets lighter, becomes white, and there's no swelling of the skin involved. So it's the exact opposite symptoms of the symptoms of tsaras. Tsaras is not contagious per se. There are three conditions by which a person can become ritually impure and to have tsaras. Number one is, if he uh, sees this white spot of skin on his flesh, he wakes up in the morning, he sees Saras on his flesh, he, and he looks at it, and he sees uh, that it's below the skin, and it has only these four colors of white, and he goes to the client, and he sees that inside the white flesh, there's at least two black hairs that have turned white. So if you have white hairs that have turned, uh, in the space of the afflicted skin, you have hairs that have turned white, that is a clear sign of Saras. A second condition of tsaras is if you see healthy flesh within the afflicted area of the skin. So you have an area of the white skin and completely surrounded by one of these white skin colors in this spotch of skin. You have healthy skin that's growing over there, healthy flesh. Don't think, says the Torah, that this is a sign that it has become starting to heal. Rather, it's the other way around, that this is a sign that there's old tsaras on his body. And therefore, the priest sees him, he must pronounce him ritually, tame, ritually defiled. And then the third condition by which the uh, person can become considered impure is by spreading of the tzaras. How does that work? So he wakes up in the morning, he comes to the kain, and uh, he says, look, I have these white spots on my uh, skin. The kain looks, it's, a, it's bigger than the size of a bean, but there's no white hair inside the white skin. There's no healed, healthy flesh inside the white skin. So the curry makes marks to see exactly how big is it. He measures. He sees it's exactly, I don't know, three inches big. And then the person is put into quarantine for a week. During this week of quarantine, he is not actually tonme like a matsura. He doesn't have to leave the camp. He's not considered an, a, a, a matsura, but he's in quarantine. He's not allowed to be with other people. He's isolated in his room for seven days. And then after seven days, the coin comes back to, excuse me, examine him again. And when the coin comes back to examine him again, he looks. And if the terrace has spread, and now instead of being three inches big, it's five inches big, oh, that's a, even though there's no white here, there's no healthy flesh, that is definitely, he is considered tame, he's ritually impure. Next week's parish, we'll talk about the laws of a person who's ritually impure of terrace, how they have to go out of the camp and how to become ritually purified, yes. Um, if the person is not contagious, why are we separating him? It's meant to be a wake-up call for him. By being set aside from the camp and from other people, it's meant to give him time to do serious introspection, do what's called a cheshbon hanefesh, an accounting of the soul, and to see how he can improve. And the fact that he has like a seven-day quarantine period is a chance for him to do teshuva and to purify himself spiritually of the spiritual cause of the spiritual symptom that's on his skin, 
and then he'll be ritually pure. All he'll have to do after the seven-day period, if after the seven-day period, the Tzachoyen says, uh, didn't, well, let's see, if it didn't spread at all, but it didn't get smaller, so then the Tzachoyen says, another seven-day quarantine. So you have a second chance to try and do tshuva. After the second set of seven days, or if after the first set of seven days, it got smaller, or it didn't spread after set, even the second set of seven days, then he is not considered a Mitzayra, because he doesn't have any of the signs of a Mitzayra, doesn't have the white hairs, doesn't have the healthy flesh and the white skin, doesn't have a spreading of the skin going further and further, and therefore he is considered pure. He still needs to go to the mikvah. He goes to the mikvah, he washes his clothing, but he does not need to leave the camp. He does not need to do the entire ritual that a Mitzayra goes through. They bring offerings to the Mikdash, which we'll talk about in next week's parasha. Yes, question. So, okay. Because I don't, they don't remember any, you know, negative commandments about, you know, oh, you got to be, you know, fess up and... So first of all, the short answer to your question is that you're not allowed to pray with a minion if you have tsaras. In fact, even people that have tsaras are not allowed to hang out with other people that have tsaras, which is another proof. What? No, no. When that person has... Now we're going to turn it out of the order of the Parsha, but just to answer your question. When a person has tsaras, they are not allowed to be in any of the camps of the Jewish people. There's three camps. There's the holiest center, which is the base of Mikdash. Around that is the camp of the priests and the Levian. And around that is the camp of the Jews. A regularly, a regularly, ritually impure person. Let's say you came in contact with a dead body. You're not allowed to go to the base of Mikdash. You're not allowed to go to the camp of the priests. But you're allowed to live amongst the Jews. You can come to be the minion. You can get an aliyah the Torah. You don't have to leave the family and leave the house, leave the camp. A person that has tsaras has to go outside of the camp to live totally in isolation. And not only do they need to live in isolation, they're not allowed to even live with other people that also have tsaras, which is a proof that it's not about contagion, because you're both contagious. And, you know, if you both have COVID, you can be together. It's not about contagious. The person has to be alone. Why? Because he's meant to be doing introspection to purify himself for the spiritual blemishes that have caused tsaras to come upon him. That's why you need to do, do introspection. I'm going to go to the reasons why. But, yeah. A timeout and being grounded. <laughs> yeah, you're grounded in timeout. <laughs> you're grounded in timeout. But let's answer your question. I want to go back to the reasons why. If a person is in quarantine, he still has, he's grounded. He has time to think about his spiritual issues to purify himself trying to become a better person. And if he does tshuva, he can purify himself before he gets labeled a mitzvah and has to go outside the camp and has to wait till it goes away completely and then has to bring the offerings, etc. If you ignore it and do what Lester's suggesting and put on long sleeve shirts, you know, wear a mask and, you know, no one sees your, uh, or it could be in the party body that's covered. It's on your belly, I don't know, so no one sees it. You're just ignoring this, the tzaras on your skin is not the issue. It's not, that's a symptom of the issue. It's a symptom, it's the issue. It's God punishing you. But that's just the expression of it. So, for example, if a person gets a rash, let's say you get a rash, okay? You have one of two choices. You can ignore the rash. Eh, it's nothing. Or you can find out that I eat something that's making me uh, get an allergic reaction. That, you know, 
So the rash doesn't just exist because the rash existed on your body. The rash is an expression of some kind of, whether it's an autoimmune disorder or, or, a, or a food you ate that, uh, that's poisonous for you. Right? It's some kind of reason why you're getting the rash. Okay, so what causes a person to have tzeras? What are the spiritual illnesses that express themselves in the affliction of the skin? So the Gemara in Erechen brings seven different reasons why a person could get tzeras. The Medrash brings ten reasons. One of them is different, they have eleven. What are, and each one has sources for it. The first and most famous is Lashon Hara. That's the most famous one. The Gemara that's the first one about speaking Lashon Hara. And we find examples in the Torah where someone that spoke Lashon Hara got Saras. What's the most famous example? Moshe. Exactly. The sister of Moshe, Miriam. She spoke bad about her brother, Moshe, to Aharon. And she got Saras. So Lashon Hara speaking, and it's not lying about someone else. It's just speaking bad about someone else. You get Saras. A second one is serving idols. And we know after the golden calf that people were afflicted with Tzeras. There was a plague that went through the camp for worshipping another god. Another one is immorality or adultery. What happened when Sarah was kidnapped by Avimelech and taken to the palace? Remember that story? The whole entire palace of Avimelech, not only him, but every person living in the palace, the maid, the servant, everyone, they all got Tzeras. Another one is for murder. In fact, there's a story with Dovah's general Yoyav, that Dovah's general Yoyav killed, it's a long story, but basically after Shaul died, so Shaul's son, Ishbaishas, was declared the king. And one of the people that was supporting was a general called Avner. He was a supporter of Ishbaishas. After two years, he switched camp and decided to go to the camp of King David. When he came to King David to meet with him, David Melach greeted him, welcomed him, and Yoav, who was a general of David HaMelech, thought that Avdeh was a spy and was uh, tricking King David. So out King, telling King David, after Yoav left, he called him back, and Yoav killed him. And when David HaMelech found out that Yoav had killed Avner, David cursed Yoav and his descendants with five curses, including that the house of Yoav should never lack those who are afflicted with Tsaras, having killed Avner. Okay, um, another story is cursing Hashem. Cursing Hashem, uh, you find this with uh, Goliath. When King David killed Goliath, and Goliath was cursing Hashem, Goliath's body actually says that Goliath's body got Tzeras on him. For being Mechalel Hashem, for cursing Hashem's name, he got uh, Tzeras. As an example of that. But yeah, but that was, that was for challenging King David. But besides for the being killed in battle because he had cursed God. He was making fun of the Jewish people and saying that your God, whatever, I don't know the verses by heart, but he was cursing God publicly. So because of that, he was afflicted with tzeras. Another reason to get tzeras is for an ayin hara, an evil eye on other people. When you're stingy and you look begrudgingly on other people, that's a reason why a person could be afflicted with tzeras. And that's what happened. People at the times of the temple didn't give out. They had stuff to give. They didn't lend it. They got saras. And the last one is a false oath. A person who swears in vain, which is an example of Gehazi and the prophet Elisha. Another very famous story where basically, in brief, another story, there was a, there was a prince from the tribe of Amon, from the nation of Amon. His name was Naaman. And he had saras. And um, the girl, the Jewish girl that worked in the palace told Naaman, if you go to Elisha, 
who is a prophet of the Jewish people, he will cure you from Tziras. So he travels to Elisha. I'm making a long story short. And Elisha says to him, he comes to the door. Elisha doesn't even open the door. Elisha says, go bathe in the Jordan River. Go bathe in the Jordan River. He was so upset that he traveled all the way from Moab and here, and the prophet wouldn't even open the door for him. So he uh, was very angry. But his servant said to him, you traveled so far. Go to the Jordan River. Go take a mikvah in the river. He went to mikvah in the Jordan River, and immediately all the tzaraasas appeared from his body. He was so excited, so happy. He went running back to Elisha's house, begging for forgiveness for being upset. He wanted to offer him wealth. And the offering he bought with him, a lot of, he thought you have to pay the prophet a lot of money to get healed. He bought with him clothing and silver and gold. And Elisha said, I don't want uh, anything of your stuff. You know, I did it for the mitzvah. If you give me any reward, it will desecrate Hashem's name. And the people think I did it for the money, not for the Kiddush Hashem of being able to show that God is able to heal those who come to Israel to be healed. So, it's fine, he left. Meantime, Elisha had a servant called Gehazi. Gehazi was very upset at Elisha. What are you, crazy? The guy was offering you money and silver and gold, he didn't take it. So after he left, Gehazi went out the back door. <laughs> he chased after, uh, after Naaman, this prince from Aram, and he says to him, uh, Elisha changed his mind. He wants, uh, he, want, he wants the gold and the silver. He basically made up a story that some students of Elisha came to Elisha for help. So Elisha said to the students, go to him, uh, to Naaman, and he'll give you the uh, gold and the clothing that you need, etc. So Gehazi comes to him. So Naaman got very suspicious of, of Elisha's servant, Gehazi. So he says to him, swear to me that you're coming as a message from Elisha. So Gehazi sweared he took a false oath. And as you can see, that's why he got Sarah. So what happened? Just finish the story. So Naaman here, oh, he swore that he that Elisha sent him to get the clothing and to get the gold and the silver. So he gave him even more. And he went, he put it in his home, and he went back to Elisha's home. He comes back to the home. So Elisha asks, Gehazi, where were you? So he says, oh, no, no, we're special. So Elisha, who knew the truth, said, so he says to, to Gehazi, although I was here physically, my heart was there when the man went down from the wagon in the Ingnaman to give you the money that I said not to take. And since he was very, very angry, so he said to him, I told him not to take anything. And since, and you wanted to take the reward for Torah learning in this world rather than the world to come, but since you went without my permission and took the gifts of Naaman, you can also take all of the gifts of Naaman. And the leprosy that he had, that now he lost, you can now get that gift of leprosy as well. And from that moment on, Gehaze became uh, afflicted, and his sons, all three of his sons, were stricken with Saras, the gift of Naaman that they had taken. And that was as a result of making a false oath and swearing falsely. So basically, most of these punishments of Tzeras are from swearing falsely, cursing Hashem's name, speaking Lashon Hara, having an evil eye, even though murder is thrown in there, but they're mainly when a person talks in an unholy way, he speaks Lashon Hara about somebody else, or he curses the name of God, or he swears in vain, or he always speaks bad about other people, then as a result of that, since it's something that's less tangible, it's easier to think, I didn't do a sin. When you do a sin, you know you did a sin. You ate not kosher. Like you, did, you ate it, you didn't eat it, right? It's, there's, no, there's no gray area where you can be uh, pontificate about if you're guilty of the sin or not. But when it comes to the way we speak, it's very, very easy to convince us, I didn't do anything. I, I just made a comment. It was just a joke. I, I didn't really mean it. You know, it's, it's easy to say that what we said is not real. And therefore, specifically for those kinds of sins, we get saras on our skin as an expression of God's anger to the way we're behaving. This is meant to be a wake-up call for us to change our behavior. Yes.